And so we pray together that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all our hearts will be acceptable, Lord, in your sight, our King and our Redeemer. Amen. So, Pentecost Sunday. We've had some great prayers in this service already. We've heard people's experience. And uh, we're going back to the beginnings, as Beth said, of the Christian church. And as someone who's really, really interested in history, I always get excited about going back to beginnings and finding out about the roots of things and then how things have developed. And as John said, change is part uh, of the story. It's an essential part of the story. So lots of people have asked questions about this experience on the day of Pentecost and have said, does this happen today? Does this, do these amazing things happen today? And last year, when I thought back to a year ago and Pentecost, I spoke a little bit about revivals in the church, in the story of the church, how there have been special times when it seems the Holy Spirit is poured out in a very powerful way uh, in communities and how lots of people uh, become Christians in a very short space of time. But even when that isn't happening, the Holy Spirit is still doing things. As Beth said, in, in a week when you look back, you might say, what did I pray about a week ago and how have these prayers been answered? And sometimes we're surprised, maybe we shouldn't be surprised, but I think we probably are surprised sometimes when we see how the Holy Spirit is working in the week-by-week -week events that we're involved in. So I've got three uh, things I want to ask about this passage that Genesis read to us, uh, this story from Acts chapter 2. And the first thing is just to ask ourselves, so what did happen? What was that event all about as we look back? Well, the disciples were together, we read. Uh, they had been asked to wait, but they were praising, they were praying. They were open to God. And, of course, what they were doing was what Jesus had told them to do. So they were obedient uh, to what he had said. Uh, we read that there was 120 people, so we can get a, a picture uh, when we've got a, a congregation that fills here. We're more than 120 people, but so it's that kind of number. And it looks like they were in uh, a room upstairs. We read about them getting together in a room upstairs, so probably uh, a house that was very big or some other kind of room, uh, and they were together. And they were waiting, because Jesus had said to them, wait. Do you like waiting? It's nice to wait if we're waiting in anticipation and we think uh, there's something that I know is going to happen and I'm glad to wait. But they were waiting without a clue about what was going to happen. And that's not so easy, is it, to just be waiting and not knowing. But they were waiting. And Jesus had said to them, the Holy Spirit will, will come, will come upon you. But they <laughs> didn't know what that... That was words that he said. And now we can make something of those words, but they couldn't really understand what was going to happen. And what did happen is so clearly God's work, God at work. This violent wind, it wasn't a physical wind that suddenly came, but it was something that just filled this place where 
they were, this sound and this sense of wind and tongues of fire or flame that comes down upon them. Again, not something where you had to call in the fire stewards because uh, the place was unsafe, but it was uh, something beyond the physical. It was something in which God was doing what had never happened before in filling these people with his spirit. And wind, of course, through the Old Testament is a very clear picture uh, of God's breath. It's about life that comes from God, the wind uh, that he creates, the spirit, the breath, the ruach, as it says in the Old Testament. And the fire, of course, is a fire of cleansing. It's not destroying fire. It's cleansing and making something new and pure. That's what the Spirit was doing. So it was an amazing experience. And out of this then comes people beginning to speak. And we'll say a little bit more about this in a moment. But speaking in all these different languages and people beginning to hear this message in their own languages, it was something really phenomenal. We talk about phenomenal things, but this is really phenomenal. And Peter began to explain to the people, and this was very much a spontaneous sermon. We always say to people who are preaching, spend time in preparing what you're going to say. But Peter had no opportunity to prepare his sermon because it all came totally unexpectedly. And so he immediately begins to try to explain what is happening. And he does so in one of the great sermons of the book of Acts, uh, to talk about what God is doing, to talk about the death of Jesus, what that meant that Jesus died for people on the cross, that this was a fulfillment of all these prophecies in the Old Testament about what God was going to do and the servant of God who was going to come, and that this man who was crucified uh, in such terrible circumstances was actually the Lord the Lord of all, and was the risen Lord, was God's chosen and anointed one, and that people were invited to believe in him. It's what we call the gospel, isn't it? Peter was proclaiming that in a new way, with new power, with boldness that he had never known before. And was saying, we're witnesses of this. We're part of this. It's not just a story which is somehow over there, but it's a story that has impacted our lives. And we are changed and are going to be changed. So that's what happened. A church that became the church of the Holy Spirit and a church of mission. So what happened? But why did it happen? If we ask that question, what's the purpose of this? And certainly the purpose was to empower a group of disciples, wasn't it? If you look at the story of these disciples when Jesus was crucified dejected, hopeless, disillusioned, not knowing why these things had happened to Jesus, their Lord and Master. And so here, they're empowered. Of course, Jesus had met them as the risen Lord, but still, they hadn't been empowered by the Spirit. And this is what happens here. Filled with the Spirit, And another thing we can say about why this happened was that the Spirit then comes upon the whole range of people. This prophecy from the book of Joel uh, that Peter 
quotes is an amazing prophecy. And I think we need to talk about this more and, and have it as part of our thinking. Because this is what uh, the book of Joel says, In the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. There's been a lot of debate through the story of the church about who can do what, and can men and women do the same things in ministry? What can children do? I think this passage answers those questions. The Spirit is not restricted at all in the way in which people are going to be used, of ages, of social situations, of gender. This is so much uh, an inclusive movement of the Spirit that I think it actually answers those questions that are being debated. And I do love this so much. And I've seen this happen. I've seen how God takes unusual people that would not appear to have any great significance and when the Spirit comes upon them, they become amazingly significant people. I think back to the first church that Janice and I were in after we were married. And it was in Sussex, uh, uh, an old chapel, Cookfield Baptist Chapel, dated back to the 18th century. I think I've said this to some of you before. But uh, this chapel in the 1960s had gone down to one lady. There was one lady left in this chapel. And any kind of logic would have said it just needs to close because there's only one lady in her 60s who was still there. But she had a vision. She actually literally had a, a dream in which she saw this old chapel filled with people. And the logic didn't make sense. Who was going to be these people who were going to fill this chapel? She was the only person. Uh, but she believed this was from God. And uh, she made known the needs around of, uh, uh, of if there were people who could help. And gradually a few people came together who believed her vision and her dream was true. And by the time, a few years later, we joined this church, uh, it was full of people. It was a church that had been extended, the building had been extended, and we were beginning to plant other congregations. But that was one lady in her 60s who had a vision. Acts chapter 2, dreaming dreams, having visions, the Spirit at work. So the Spirit comes so that we might be empowered and that we might communicate in these different languages. Isn't it fantastic when you see what God is doing around the world? When we lived in Prague and part of an international church, uh, we had people from all different nations and all different languages. And when we prayed the Lord's Prayer, everybody did in their own language. We sang songs in different languages. And it just speaks to us, doesn't it, of the fact that the church doesn't belong to any one nation. The church is the church of the Spirit poured out upon all nations. And that's what Pentecost speaks to us about, as each one heard the message in their own language. So what about uh, this as, as a why for what God is doing in Camborne? Why did this happen and what does it have to say to us? The Spirit still blows, still 
unexpected things happen. Still surprising things happen. Let's be open uh, to those movements of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as you know, I go into uh, Edinburgh's hospital and I speak to a lot of people. Uh, and so many times, as, as John said, you're not dealing with people who are saying, I don't believe or I don't want to talk to a chaplain. You're actually talking to people who are saying, what does this mean, what I'm going through? And the Spirit is already there before. Just this week I spoke to somebody and I responded to her questions about faith and uh, I said, there's a book I would really like to recommend to you uh, by C.S. Lewis, great Christian writer, a book called Mere Christianity. It just explains Christian faith. And the remarkable thing was, it turned out, this lady in her 50s uh, was actually a lecturer in English literature, which was C.S. Lewis's topic. And she knew a lot about C.S. Lewis, and she appreciated his writing, but she had no idea about his faith journey and how he came through to Christian faith from atheism. And so already, although I didn't know it, she was being prepared for a next step in her journey. That's the Holy Spirit. That's how he is already at work. Before we even begin to say something, he is moving in people's lives. And so, although we don't see the wind, we see the effects of the wind. And we see the effects of God at work. Of course, in creation, but also in people's lives. People's lives being transformed. Let's pray for our community here in Camborne. It's a time when we are waiting. Those early Christians were waiting. They didn't perhaps even know they were Christians then uh, because that name hadn't been given to them. But they were expecting something. Are we expecting? Yes, I think we are. Uh, we are expecting new things that God is going to do. And let's be like these Disciples on the day of Pentecost, open to the Spirit, open to the wind coming. We don't know where it comes from, where it goes to. Let's be open unto that fire of the Spirit that perhaps removes at times things in our lives that are getting in the way and opens us to the new things that God wants to do. And let's, as a church, be the people who come together as a community. That's uh, not been in our reading today, but it's the next step if you read into Acts chapter 2 a bit further, how they came together as a community, shared possessions, shared lives. We've got challenges ahead. We've got financial challenges. Uh, we will need to look at how we move forward financially, and we'll have a gift day coming up. So let's, as a community, realize that the Spirit calls us to take steps forward to realize that Jesus has died, Jesus has risen, the Holy Spirit has come, and the Holy Spirit will be with us right to the end. He gave his Spirit that we might finish this work that Jesus did, but we have been entrusted with to continue to the end of time. Amen.